0: just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today I'm delighted to have Nisha and Patrick talking with us. Nisha is one of the Self Unlimited Ambassadors and she's previously been on a podcast and told her a story and today we get an opportunity to pick it up with Patrick, her partner. Welcome guys. Thank you, Helen. Nice to be to back. Be here. Excellent. You've already been sharing with me some of the ideas that have been going on, but I think it makes a fascinating story, which is why I'm glad to have you here. So, Nisha, take it away. Tell us what's been going on since we last talked.
1: No, we'll do. Helen, just for context, and you know, if if somebody had heard my pre- previous podcast or is tuning in, I might just contextualize a little sure. bit of the journey So, um, and, and put some timelines to it to make it real. So, in 2016, Helen, you and I spoke, and I... Literally started my uh, self-unlimited journey with, uh, oh God, I got to do something differently with my life. I remember that conversation. Yes, uh, because I need to make changes; otherwise, um, I'm going to be kind of stuck and not feeling good about it. Um, then it took me a good two years before I actually uh, felt I was making headways forward. Not that I didn't do anything in those two years, but I think what I'm trying to contextualize is. Uh, It took about that year to kind of have self-courage and exploration to kind of know what this means and think through what exactly am I trying to uh, evolve into or evolve towards whatever that looks like and get clear about Myself and and that was after reading the book Uh, That was both in conversation as well as after reading the book so I think uh, because we had uh, a lot of conversations prior to the book that you'd coached me in some in some respects, consciously or unconsciously, as a friend or not, um, or as a coach, but all of that cumulatively helped shape my thinking of the things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. What the book gave me was a bit of a framework to kind of go, okay, so I need to take responsibilities around these areas for myself. Now, I knew all of that from the context of a business, but the whole notion of trying to build my own business that's that revolves around me as the business was a shift I had to make in terms of concept and idea because the first thing that went through my mind was how am I going to make money for myself if I'm the business Um, and I'm working for someone that that kind of didn't make sense for me initially but I had to work through a process to get there and that's where the framework is useful. Um, Explore a business idea with a friend. Didn't quite work out, thought I was going to make the leap straight to a scenario four or transition there. Wasn't quite working out and I realized what I needed to do was keep my job but add something to it to start the growth process. Scenario two. Scenario two was the right one for me back then. Um, I had gone into um, Girl Guides Victoria as an organization. I took on a management role there. um, And I realized one of the things that I was enjoying about that role was it was very aligned to my purpose or to, 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 when I say purpose, it's that desire to give back to the community using my skills, knowledge and abilities in whatever shape or form I can to be able to make space to do that and to impact, um, uh, to, to, to have some level of social impact that is bigger than me, essentially. Uh, but at the same time, what I got as a value exchange was also management experience that are, whilst I was trying to break through in the corporate world in that space, it's, it's a lot tougher to get that experience um, that translates into, you normally get the opportunities if you've had that experience and proven yourself, it's rare to get that level of experience uh, without actually doing it. So it's a catch-ranger situation. Yeah. Which is an
0: excellent um, example of doing scenario two. I want something more that my current role won't give me. Let me go find somewhere else where I can get something Chris. without having to give up that job. Exactly.
1: And so it was about trying to make space, which meant trying to consider how do I make that time and space. And one of the choices I made was to drop my hours from full time to four days. And that obviously it was a joint conversation with my partner, Patrick, and... Um, and we had a whole, you know, factor to consider, which was what does that mean from a household and financial impacts and um, could we manage, etc. And so we got to a point of saying, all right, if that makes you happy, go forth and do it. But it wasn't without a lack of um, concern mm-hmm. on how this was going to play out. Fortunately, it played out all right. Um, I was more fulfilled in my space. And I served I served my term and did uh, my best to impact the organization in the way I could bring my skills to it. But along the way, I had a lot of learnings that I wasn't anticipating. So I went in to fulfill, let's just call it bucket A and B, mm-hmm. but then suddenly bucket C, D, E, F just opened up, which I wasn't ready for, prepared for or expecting. So in a way, the fact that I wasn't expecting was actually quite nice because it's like, ah it's opened up all these other opportunities for me just by taking that step to do the first two things. So some of those opportunities was for me to actually learn and realize that part of being a leader was not about how far you can stretch to move someone or something as far as they can go. In other words, I was coming in to transform the organization from where it was to where it could be but there was also the acknowledgement of how ready are they to receive that level of change. And I translate back to a personal transformation journey in the self unlimited, that I can only push my boundaries as far as I'm ready to push them. But if I start to anchor myself on, a, on an end game that's probably a little too far to push myself, then, and I'm not ready to receive that, I will feel overwhelmed and start to flounder. So if I use that analogy, even my own growth, that's a huge parallel that I can draw on both the career experience as well as the self-unlimited personal experience. Um, where I'm at right now though is the prospect of start shifting my current Scenario 2 into a Scenario 4 is looking a lot more possible than it did in 2016. Because I've gone off, I've learnt a few new skills, grown sidewards if you like. Uh, uh, with different experiences and exposures, and now I'm more ready to uh, conceptualize and look at starting my own thing. It's still not in a place where I'm ready to drop my work and start it fresh, but I'm in a much better place to juggle them because now I've learned to do Scenario 2 really well with the big job. Now I've, what I've done is I've given up my management role but I've still stayed with guides as a youth leader because the value exchange of wanting to give back is still there for me. Great. And so I realized I don't want to take that away. I still want to give. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my need to have management experience is not as strong because now I've got that development that I can actually go back and apply that without actually having a role that says I'm a manager. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a skill that I've now developed to deal with people that um, that is at a different level of maturity.
0: And I'm imagining there's still a value returned to you and the stories that you can tell about the things you're doing on guides.
1: Yeah absolutely and 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 I think the experience I had in the management level coming back as a youth leader makes me more conscious on what are the little changes I can make on the ground that I was trying to make as a manager across the organization but now I'm feeling more empowered to know ecosystematically, these are the issues I'm trying to solve, how about if I go back on the ground and do them little by little and start to create the ripple from the bottom now rather than trying to push it down from the top?
0: Wow, some big learnings. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you can be empowered to be a leader irrespective of if you're leading from the top or serving from the bottom. It's about how you see the opportunity and where you see yourself being able to propel and, and make a difference and take responsibility for it.
0: And that brings in a very strong thread about self-unlimited, which is about leading yourself yes. in your own workspace. And, of course, your workspace encompasses Patrick. So how's it been for you, Patrick, watching Nisha on this journey? Yeah,
2: look, it's been a really interesting journey. It's, it's It was tough at the start because I would say my mindset sort of going throughout my sort of work career has been sort of very binary where I've looked at, you know, value for me is around, you know, the time and the effort that I put into work, and in exchange I basically get money. So it's all about that. And so then when Nisha was starting to sort of exercise more of a growth mindset and looking at other possibilities, so whether that was with, with the Girl Guides opportunity, and then that would look to take up a lot more time and then reducing her hours or days from five days to four days, that really challenged me as well because I was looking at it really from that exchange of you know time and money. And I was like, okay, going from five days to four days, that means you'll get less money. Not actually realizing that actually that's a huge growth opportunity for her, which can open up in so many different ways. So I was quite fixated on that. Uh, it took a little bit of time. We you know, we had a little bit of disagreements, which which I'll acknowledge, but where we got to was I was like, okay, I'm happy to take a leap of faith on that. And then what I really saw, a huge sort of transformation in in Nisha, in terms of her grabbing those other opportunities outside of work, and my mindset was always like, well surely all your opportunities are at work, what's now happening? You're sort of volunteering, you've got this position here for a not-for-profit as well, but then I saw she was getting a lot more learnings, she was definitely improving in so many different areas, and it got me kind of thinking going, oh okay, this is really interesting that you can seek those opportunities outside.
0: That she'd extended there because many people think I'm in an organization and I'm on a career track and one of the things I talk about in Self Unlimited is that you have a workscape and your workscape is bigger than the single role that you currently have in an organization. So what's your workscape looking like, Patrick? Yeah, so
2: it's it's been interesting because in around 2017, sort of midway through, um, I got presented with actually two job opportunities at the time and uh, what I didn't realize was the value that those future employers saw in me because I was still thinking along the lines of, you know, sort of my effort in here doing this and one of those opportunities was actually at, at Cricket Australia, uh, working in a bit more of a senior opportunity than what I had previously done. So I really doubted myself and if I'm honest, on those initial interviews, the first one I thought, ah, oh, I will never get this role, you know, because I... I haven't demonstrated enough value and I sort of put myself into a bit of a box, but as it turned out, uh, my would be uh, manager thought I did excellent in that and he could see really the value there. So, to cut a sort of a, a story short, ended up getting that role. And then, what it's helped me to uh, provide is that there's a lot more value that I can actually provide than what I originally thought as well. And so, what I have found is that. Previously in my career, I was quite technical, so I was a programmer. Okay, mm-hmm. so I did that for about ten or so years, and sort of gave that up and went into sort of more of a managerial, looking after teams. But what I found in the role at Cricket Australia is I've actually drawn on that technical skill set that I thought was long gone, and actually sort of renewed that. And I was like, whoa! I didn't realise I could actually do this. So bring back an old skill that you thought was kind of useless, and actually can help you in this Wonderful. sort of new area
0: and how has the workplace responded to this?
2: Yeah, really really positively as well because they've seen the, the different sort of energy that I'm bringing in as well and seeking out a lot more sort of opportunities there. And it's really just generating a lot more value within the organization as well. And i found uh, for me sort of even branching out around the connection side of it as well, connecting with different people within the organization and outside So really looking at what are the different ways that I can look to generate value. I think that's been that huge sort of mind shift for me and that's been partly watching Nisha as well, is not just being too sort of focused on this is the only value that I can provide, looking at there's actually other ways and for me the relationships and connections was quite an important one, Mm -hmm. where you can connect with others and you can generate value through that as well.
0: So I've heard a few things come out that you've been talking about relationships which is one of the responsibilities and I heard you mention the word renewal which is another one of the responsibilities and the notion of value kind of covers both the brain and the revenue kind of value uh, responsibilities tell me more about the sorts of things you've been doing in, in renewing yourself
2: yeah so for me renewing has been really looking at some of those 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 skills that I thought were potentially dormant Um, and really taking charge. And I guess a, a lot of it was about that responsibility in myself to actually revive those skills as opposed to waiting for work to say, look, here's an opportunity where you could learn this and that. So the big mind shift for me was taking that responsibility for myself and seeking out those opportunities. And I think the nugget for me, which I'm happy to share with people, is once you do take that responsibility, you wouldn't believe the opportunities you can find Because previously, I had that belief set where work will provide me with those opportunities. And I've got such an amazing manager who's very hands-off. And that was difficult for me because previously, I always had managers who were quite hands-on, who would guide me. And I guess that was unhealthy for me because I then put the responsibility at them, which Mm. is quite unfair because they've got their own things to deal with, their own growth. But once I put that for myself, then it was like, oh, I'm in charge of that and you can actually find those opportunities as well and not wait, otherwise you're kind of stuck in that, in that limbo as well, and, and you get stuck in a rut as well. Wonderful story.
0: Nisha, any thoughts about what Patrick's been relaying in terms of what it's meant for you as a, yourself and as the couple?
1: Look, I'm sitting here and listening to him talk and I have to be vulnerable in this moment and say, um, I was a little bit teary I just, just just hearing how much he's grown, because, to be really honest, in 2016 and 2017, this was a very different conversation. Um, if anyone wants to go back to my podcast, and I had described it that, when I said, I want to look at something different, as like, can you reconsider what you're considering? Because it was just such a non-conceivable notion at that time. But as, you, as you've just heard him speak, he has opened up to such a world of possibilities, which now allows us to actually co-create and collaborate to think of what more possibilities, whether it's for us individually or collectively. And this podcast for us to come together to share is is one of those things that we went, you know, we don't have to do this as a solo thing, but there's a story for me, there's a story for you, but the story as, as, as a collective is also there for us to take it out there. Because one of the benefits I think that this has ended up doing for us is A, Watching me grow has allowed him to open up to the possibility of growth Having him when he made the choice to choose to grow and and, and embrace those opportunities He had someone to look back and go hey How would I navigate this because you've gone through this previously? Mm -hmm. so in a way he almost had a coach without Going to look for a coach because he was living with someone Who was embodying the values and living it and I think the key message here is you don't need a title to be a coach or a brand ambassador you just need to live like one on a daily basis and learn through your own experience on how you have chosen to go down a path of empowerment and when you have made that choice anyone in your circle of contact or your or your network who chooses to tap you on the shoulder and say how do I break through this? If you choose not to hesitate and just share where you were at and what your journey was about it, then you're actually inadvertently enabling another person to take responsibility to become unlimited themselves. Wonderful. And that cascading effect is, I think, what I see the value more than um, anything about the whole concept of self-unlimited. Because if each of us took responsibility... For what we valued and what we needed and wanted and we were clear about what our boundaries were to actually come to the table to negotiate what is the value exchange that that does not sound like I have these skills how much can you offer me and what does that look like but we have a very different conversation and we are clear when we are going for a job to say yes I have the skills and yes you're going to offer me money and there will be an exchange there but Here are all the other things I'm looking for. Are you the organization to offer me that? Yes, no. If you're not the organization, where can I find them? Do I need to shortchange my relationship with you just because you can't give me everything? No. Why can't you set up a network of different um, avenues for you to be fulfilled for the things that you need to grow? That I think is the fundamental essence of what the journey has done for me Mm -hmm but also for Patrick and now for us collectively, that we are actually trying to now share that sense of empowerment to our daughter and teaching her to take responsibility. She's eight, going on nine, but we are trying to teach her to take responsibilities for her own choices, for her own actions, and that she does not need to do what she's told to do just because... um, there's a safety factor of course, but if she has a sense of feeling uncomfortable, she's empowered to open up and voice what her sense of discomfort is. And then she can express what her needs are, which is the value she's looking for, and we in in return respond to her with, here's our needs, the value we are looking for, and we actually have a value exchange that does not have to look like money and time. Mm. And so, We've started to live in a household, if you like, in a very self-unlimited manner, both in ourselves and as a collective, and I think that's pretty empowering.
0: Wonderful, and we're having this conversation just at the point that the value exchange cards are going to be launched and out there and available to everybody, so perfect timing for this discussion. I'm wondering, are you using that language with the people that you're working with, this value exchange?
1: Uh, I have started to use that and um, recently, Helen, I got you to come in and talk to the Young Professional Network at Osnet Services where I work in. And it was wonderful to see the youth of today open up to the possibility of looking at value exchange differently than currency in time. Um, and I definitely bring that language a lot more now, especially having been introduced to that. Uh, I love the idea of looking at currency that's not a dollar sign in front of it. Um, And it completely shifts your mindset on why are you actually having a partnership of any sort?
0: And wasn't it fascinating with that group that um, they were all in their mid 20s? And they were, I think, pretty much everybody had money as terms of the value they wanted returned. And I made the comment that when I do this with many people who are in their 40s, money often doesn't appear on the list. And they were all shocked and surprised, yeah. which I'm not necessarily, but um, because I think there's often you've lived through more stories and experiences that you start to see where money actually plays a role or doesn't yeah. play a role. I will say, though, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised and
1: impressed at the fact that th- there were a cohort there that did not actually put money as a priority, which then starts to challenge the way, as organisations and employers, to think about um, really, it, it, I mean, that's already happening right now, but not everyone's there. Money is a necessity, but not everyone's always there from a monetary standpoint. And this is where we have to take that responsibility to fulfill that, not rely on an organization because an organization will have to be commercial. So being dependent on an organization to fulfill all our needs, it's not the way to go. We have to acknowledge and accept the fact that the organizations exist for a certain commerciality. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: And Helen, if I just go back to the previous conversation around that Nisha was talking about, there are, there are a few threads that I just wanted to provide a little yeah. bit more context. Great. So I think definitely the, the support as well has helped me on this journey as well. So as Nisha said, you don't need to be an ambassador there, You just live through that. So having somebody there as a support has been really helpful for me as well. And also seeing you know somebody who's living it as well, living that self-unlimited life has been really good for me to be able to see and then see the changes in the behavior as well and then if I kind of look at it from outside of work as well so little things that I started to do which are just little sort of uh, I guess expanding my growth Small there as changes well. are great, and that's that's probably another nugget is yeah. that you don't need to radically change for, for some people they might need to say radically change their work environment or, or whatever it is you know start a business and so forth and for me it was just a little changes so a really trivial one was carving out time for fitness right because we all have that excuse are oh, too busy not enough time it's too cold outside and then I just started to change my mindset to go well I want to do some running and then where, where it worked for me in sort of seeing Nisha is that I was very clear on what I wanted to do with running and then not being afraid to say I'm going to carve out this time this is for me and having those conversations and then allowing us to then plan for that as well. I'm gonna run on this this day, this day, this day, and then we just adjust our schedule. So by being clear on what it is I want and setting the boundaries, it made it for a very easy conversation. Whereas if I was very ambiguous, she'd have the second guess and then it became Came oh so but you're not couples.
0: one of those mind reading couples.
2: I wish. <laughs> but, but the the other thread as well, again like you talked about the, the value exchange around money as well. Like it's really interesting. And for our daughter as well, as we're we're raising her, is to realize that it's not all about, you know, once you finish school, get to university, because we're on such a mindset, it's about money. Mm-hmm. How much money are you gonna earn type of thing? It's like no Think of it from a growth and what are the opportunities and what is it that you like? So, what is the value you want? Mm -hmm. How do you want to be perceived by people in the world? You know, what do you stand for? And how do you want to operate as well? And so, I think in this generation especially, you know, we'll see this big shift where people are not looking for that stable job that they're going to work till 65. Like you see the movement now where a lot of people want to retire at like the age of 30. And then, you know, the gig economy, that's a great one as well where people are working, you know, different jobs and having a a different mindset towards more around their their home lifestyle as opposed to, you know, work is 100%, whereas previous generation, my, my parents they were very much just focused on that work and really that sort of time and money exchange.
0: The only reason why I talk about the notion of workscape is because I think what is retirement? And, and part of the value exchange too is, I started work, and air quotes, uh, when I was 17. I expect that I will finish work sometime around 1995 and that's not the notion of I'm going to give my time and expertise in exchange for money it's I'm going to be doing something to occupy my time, something valuable in the world and it may not look like work and that might just be it from a personal choice but also the world of work is changing and the different trends and forces that are going on who knows whether there will even be organisations employing people in twenty twenty five years? That yet still I'll have a desire to contribute or do something with my time and my expertise so where might I do that and what might that look like and that's why I'm challenging these notions of what is work because particularly as you say people who are entering the workforce it's like well the idea I know what a job is I know what work is I know what a career is and yeah for me introducing that word workscape and saying actually consider this as a very different kind of space in which you navigate
2: yeah that's a really interesting point about that workscape and I'll dovetail a little bit so Nisha's obviously gone the girl guides as well and what's happened to me for the very first time is that I've actually had a workscape as well in terms of I started to do uh, breath work which is just a a different way to be able to help me to become a lot more grounded so I did that for myself as a as another mindfulness activity but what I found that's actually happened from that is an opportunity has been created where I've recently gone on a three-day facilitator course and what that's looking like is that could be a potentially another work opportunity for me. But the difference between sort of my current job is it's not, it's not money driven. Mm. It's driven for different different purposes and different reasons. There, yes, there will be a money exchange, but that's not the primary focus of it. And it's really opened up my mind that work can come in many different forms, shapes, and sizes. Yes. And the main thing is is to be open to those opportunities and break that that uh, mold where you know work is that nine to five days. Actually, it isn't. Work comes in different forms. And this coming from me, you know, in that sort of 2015, 16, I would have would have not been open to it at all. Whereas, come now, 2019, I'm really open to it and quite excited. And then now with Nisha as well, we're looking at potential opportunities that we could we could start a, a business ourselves as well. When once again, it's not driven by money. it's driven by a particular purpose and a particular value, yes, there will be money that comes in and money will will be a factor, but it's not the biggest deciding factor. So I think that's a real sort of lesson for me that I'd like to be able to share with Mm. your viewers is just don't view money as the big deciding factor because it really isn't. And if you view it, then unfortunately, you're going to be sort of quite closed down if that's it.
0: One of the things I say to people is what if we actually had a world of universal basic income? That would completely at a societal level change our notion of what money is. And then I say to them, so even if you're not sure whether that will happen, what if you kind of for a moment artificially thought that that was the nature of the world? What would you have that would be different questions or different decisions that you would make? One of the things I think you said, and I got a lovely image in my head about breaking that mould, because I think they're very much as a sense, almost like cookie cutter or, you know, pl- uh, plastic injection moulding. It's like um, the mould has been determined, insert and fill the mold and I think yeah the breaking of that mold says oh actually now there's space to move into or expand into or see that I didn't actually see before and I think for me a key aspect of the self unlimited is see the world differently there's other ways to see it well, as you just said that
1: um, Helen I just had this image of of a um, team building exercise that could look like if you give each of them an earthen clay pot and the exercise for that that's really nicely carved the exercise for them to do is smash it pour some water on it and remold it into something. I wonder what would that experience actually do as a tactile exercise to do. Sorry, as you were just describing that. I think
0: we're co-creating here we at the moment, slightly. We
1: are a little bit. And and do you know what? I, I think that metaphor is so important because this is what happens as you grow, um, you know, your journey from a child to a youth to an adult. You are being molded, to have certain skills and to have certain outlooks of life that is, a lot A lot of it is influenced by your own personal experience. And that's what we're realizing in mm. partnership as parents that a lot of our blocks to actually move mm. forward had a lot to do with the fact that money was an important factor for our parents growing up.
0: A mold they had
1: that they Correct. gave you. That's right. It's not that they made any choices to limit us but they had a circumstance or a situation that they had to respond to. And so we grew up in a mold, seeing money being a factor of importance and concern. So we were molded into ensuring that money was not something that we would lack because they felt the pain of it. Mm. And so we've had to work on ourselves to break that mold and kind of go, but that's not the world we live in now. We don't feel the sense of lack or the sense of, desire for more than what we have but content, Mm. do we need to stick with that mold? Because maybe that mold is not what is suited for us. So what if we challenge that mold, Mm. shift that? And that has actually opened up the way we dialogue with our daughter around her choices. And whilst we have practiced that since she was young, I think we've become more conscious about negotiating on choices and value exchange which is, I'll give you a real, very tangible example this morning. Um, We went for breakfast, and um, Patrick wanted to go to this place because they have beautiful, gnocchi breakfast that they do. And the first thing my daughter said was, they don't really have things that I wanna have there, Mum. And I went, how about let's look at the menu and let's see what you would like to have and what you could conceive. She looked at the menu and she went, I don't really feel like anything here. So I said, okay, close the menu if you could have whatever you wanted to have, what would that look like? And she goes, waffle, but I'd like it with some Nutella or some crepes. I said, so I opened the menu, I like, okay, they have a waffle here, they just don't have Nutella. If I could get as close to something like that, would that make you happy? It's like, yeah, but don't they have crepes? I said, hang on, you gave me options, or a space. So let's work with what you're trying to get to. And she said, okay, mom, I'll work with that. So we got the waitress to come. And we said, could you have do you have Nutella note? Do you have something that's a chocolate sauce code? Kind of, so we can give you chocolate sauce. It came, she had like, Mum, this is really nice. So teaching a child at a very tangible way to open up to possibilities mm. is such an empowering thing. Yeah. And I think if we hadn't broken our own mold, we would go, Sorry, tough luck, just have what you there.
0: Yeah, it's a brilliant story that, you know, opening up to might not be exactly how I see but why don't I think of this a little bit differently and then ask the question? And this is a key aspect for me about the value exchange with organisations. It's not a case of saying, like, I'm a petulant little child and the organisation's the parent and they've got to give me what I want and if I don't get it, I'm going to upset. Organisations are going to serve their own interests and the reason they exist to be.
1: And they should. And they should. And they absolutely
0: should. But equally, we, we should the same. And I think that's the part that's missing. We're so often like, well, the organization wants and gets. Oh, I must just fit into that. And for me, the self-unlimited message is they're allowed to have what they want and be what they want. There's a reason they exist. There's a coherency in that. How do you think what you want and then figure out a way to have that conversation?
2: Yeah, I think a key one there for me has really resonated as as I heard you both dialoguing was also don't wait for things to happen, you know, Things think about that they've already happened for you as well. So stop waiting for I'm gonna get that training course or I'm gonna get that bonus or whatever it is. It's really around you taking that responsibility and around going for those things. Don't wait for things to happen on the outside mm. waiting for these events, but they can it's actually for yourself to be able to trigger those as well. The technique that's important.
0: I think a lot of people think I will feel valued in an organization when they step up and give me the that's value. Right. It's like but do they know what's valuable to you? Possibly not. Have you asked for something that looks like value? And I think many people think, oh, but they'll never do it. You don't know until you ask. And 100%. what I have found is that often there are many employers or managers who are like, well, we have options, but our staff are not talking to us about this and what we might do.
1: And and I'll just take that one step further. Development in an organization, and uh, you know, in the context of organization development and learning and development as well, There is that rule of 70-20-10. 70% of your learning and development happens on the job, 20% through your network and your relationships, and 10% through a formal development course of sort. You have, as an employee in an organization, a 90% capacity to grow. All you need to do is get clear on what do you want to grow. And if you are clear enough to be able to articulate and clear enough to negotiate to be understanding whether the opportunity is in the organization when you need to seek it out, you suddenly become fundamentally empowered to grow in whatever way you want and have a balanced and happy relationship with your organization as well as yourself. Mm. And that, to me, is a huge sense of empowerment that you're not constrained by. Mm.
2: Yeah, and I think this this has triggered a really interesting conversation that uh, I had with my manager and a few of my peers. Was where we looked at career development, and we ran a recent engagement survey, and career development sort of opportunities at, at, at the, the scale sort of went went down. So people felt that they weren't getting those career opportunities. But my boss sort of put it wonderfully and and elegantly around. Don't think of you know we should tell our people not to think of career development as climbing the ladder. So and he gave the example for himself where he's at for him there is no next position right but he doesn't have that mindset because he realizes there's all these other opportunities as well and we can support our people to grow their skills where they can find an opportunity in another organization and that's that's entirely okay because we live in a world where retention you know is lower and people tend to move around and that's okay so we should have those conversations with our employees as well that, look, you're not going to be working here for 30 years, 40 years, mm-hmm. that time is over. Where people used to you know, work somewhere for their whole life and there's nothing wrong with growing your skills that sets you up for the next career and you, as, a, as an employee, you should take that responsibility, have that conversation mm-hmm. and you'll be surprised. Nobody's going to sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to help this person because all of a sudden they're going to leave. They're going to be, they will of course support you but it takes courage. To have that conversation and take that step, but it is about that responsibility that you need to take.
0: I love it that that manager that you're talking about recognises that. For me, it becomes more about what more stories can I create and it's not necessarily about that I get a new skill sometimes I just want to exercise a skill that I have and do it in a meaningful way or be a bit playful with that skill and take it out for a ride because I've not used it for a a while or I actually want to mix a few different skills together and see what I might create or might simply just want to collaborate with some other people using that skill that I've already got but and if it comes for me about the creation of different stories. And so I see it more about, can I make more stories that I can then share with people? And if I being very pragmatic, it could be at the point of a, another gig or another job. I've got a series of stories to tell about some interesting things I did. And I think that's far more interesting. I, right, I'd like to give you my resume and here's the five skills I've got and the 10 certifications. It's far more interesting to hear a story about when I took and used that in some way.
1: And personally, from my experience, those that actually empowered me to grow without the constraint of having to stay got my loyalty and my goodwill enough that I chose to stay because I realized that the relationship I have with them is vested in my growth, not my position to serve their need. Mm -hmm. And Helen, I'm, I'm here today with you and continuing my journey because that's essentially the relationship you and I have had where your conversation with me at the start had nothing to do with me serving a need for you, but it had everything to do for you to trigger my thinking about how I evolve and expand. Mm-hmm. And that has been invaluable as a as a catalyst on this journey for me.
0: Particularly because I remember there was a seminal conversation where you were talking about you would like to have an opportunity of X and it wasn't happening for you and I was aware of the organisation which you were talking about and I could actually say to you, were you aware, I've been in three conversations where some opportunity like that's been presented and each person, each time people have said, oh no, Nisha wouldn't be a fit for that because one, they had no idea that that was an opportunity you were seeking but as I also said to you at the point in time, were you letting them know that you were actively seeking those kind of opportunities and wanting to grow and that disconnect? And it was just one of those seminal moments of that how often people can want something, but the other parties don't know about it and therefore aren't creating the possibility for it to evolve or to even see it. Thank you for being disruptive, Helen.
1: <laughs> it was a disruptive moment, wasn't it? It was a disruptive moment, but I'm utterly grateful for that disruptive yep. moment. You can just see the catalyst effect it has had, not just on me, but my
0: family. Yeah. So, just as we're closing, you've been here talking today as a couple where there's been this impact. Is there any advice that you might give to others who are contemplating a self unlimited journey, just either by themselves or what it might um, be for the couple
2: story? Would you like to go first, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> no mind reading?
0: <laughs>
1: um, I think my advice to couples who are uh, either one or the other or both are considering the self-unlimited journey but finding it daunting, my biggest advice would be be vulnerable and sit with yourself and get clear. Definitely use the seven responsibility framework. I think it's a very empowering framework. And when you're going through the process of thinking about what do you put in those, Draw a box that says, here are my constraints, and every time you think about a a thing to put under any of those responsibilities that you have at, oh, but I can't, take that oh, but I can't extension and put it in that box that says constraints, almost like your parking lot. Because what you then start to do is you're removing all your blocks to getting to know yourself. Because a lot of us have these blocks that define who we are internally and then we don't break those blocks and get to who and what we want for fear that things are not meant to be or it can't be it's going to change our world when you go through that process your world's not changing just by thinking right your world will not change until you take an action and the process is to think to feel to believe and then to do you have three steps before you actually take action to make a change so allow yourself to go through that process of thinking, feeling, believing, and then weigh that up to do. It's okay, don't shut that door just because you've thought of what you have to do and chosen not to process the first three steps. That's what I would say.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, uh, sort of the, the insights there is really to, to really know yourself as well. So in the, in this instance that I had with Nisha, obviously she was on, on the journey herself, I, w- I was not. But I guess the catalyst for me was to be able to see the changes within her, but then reflect on, well, how would those, if I was to take this journey, what would that mean for me? So for me to become clear, and that really resonates with, talk a lot about taking responsibility, like I can't emphasize, emphasize that enough, that you really need to take responsibility for yourself. And once you do, you can really start to break that. And the other bit would be, really have those open and real conversations. Be really clear on what you want to do. So you know, in that instance, Nisha wants to drop down to four days a week. You know, why does she want to be able to do that? And and here are the potential impacts that it will have. And just recognise that a lot of those impacts that you perceive, they're coming out of you really from fear, right? Fear of the unknown because you've been conditioned to think this way. So have that ability to actually recognise. Okay, this is a fear. Now, what does it mean to me? Why has it triggered me? And then you're like, okay, you can work through it as well but really have those open and honest conversations as opposed to sort of diluting them. And I think it's important to also
1: note, Patrick, at this time that when that fear had triggered, I had asked you, what do you need? And you said, I need an Excel spreadsheet that has the numbers to say we can make this happen. It's like, okay, so let's solve that need and then let's make a a call. Because prior to that, it was, uh, you want to do this, I don't think you should do it. It's like, we haven't even gone down the path of exploring it, but the door was shut. So then when we had that conversation, what is it that you need? I need this, because I need to see that the numbers will work. Okay, let's do that then.
0: So it sounded like a little bit of a thought experiment before you actually committed to doing it for real, just to tease it out and make some things a bit more tangible and real. I think the
1: thought sat there for a very long <laughs> time. <laughs> before that's it actually like, became real. That's, that's honest, that's yes. honest, brilliant. Yes, but I think allowing the thought to sit there long enough and make us uncomfortable enough to find to finally go, Okay, it's been there long enough, if it's coming up all the time and it's really, you know, a tension point we need to solve, it's about time we just put all our cards on the table and kind of go, what does this really mean?
0: I think the theme that comes through about all of this is, it wasn't just about for the reasons of pain or disruption or change, it was that a sense that there could be something better.
1: Yes. 100% agree. Absolutely. And and sometimes that sense does not come because you can conceive what something better looks like. It comes in the shape of this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So it's just that sense of I'm ticking all the boxes of why don't I feel like this is working for me? And just that mere, re- and, and, you know, it's easy to turn around and say it's because so-and-so did this, it's because this is the, you can point the finger at n number of things and say that's the reason you're not feeling right but the journey we've been on suggests that that's absolutely not the answer. If something's not feeling right and you're not actually feeling engaged, it really has nothing to do with anyone around you. It has everything to do with you within you.
0: It's a key reason why I have the tagline navigating work your way because Your way, Nisha, is different than Patrick's way and is different from my way, and that's why the Self Unlimited framework exists is a way to kind of navigate that. However, the journey that you take, the destination you arrive at differs for everybody. I
1: agree with that. 100%.
0: Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk. It's been great to hear your story.
1: Thank you, Helen. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, it's been so lovely to be able to do this with Patrick.
0: Brilliant. Thank you workscapes are changing everywhere for more goodness to change your workscape visit www.beselfunlimited.com and follow us on twitter at beselfunlimited